Welcome to my podcast and I'm sitting inside here today and my guest is my beloved husband Geordie. We're inside because there's a lot going on outside because not merely are we looking forward to opening to the public, there's a new Downton Abbey movie being filmed so it's a bit of a revolving doors. Well, yes, and it's been very exciting inside as well in terms of all the equipment I have to navigate when I get up in the morning and get you a cup of tea. I think I nearly tripped over a whole load of nice electronics on the floor today. Vital for them, but a bit of an obstacle course when it's a little bit dark. One of the nicest and kindest things you do is get me a cup of tea. You're much better in the morning than I am, I have to admit. Well, I've been quite a morning person. I go down there, I can open up the shutters when it's just about time to nearly come in and there's stuff everywhere. But it's all great because it's all going to be full of action inside and outside and all the characters we've got to know and love are back around us and we're looking forward to an amazing movie too later in the year. But it's extraordinary because it's been quite a late spring here. The azaleas are only just coming out. They're about a month behind this time last year. And perhaps we're all further behind than we thought in terms of moving away from the pandemic back into a different sort of life. And But in some ways that's appropriate as Downton Abbey's a little bit later as well in filming than it might thought. But they're trying to bring everything out from this late spring endeavours into, I think they're trying to bring it out for Christmas this coming year, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that's very exciting. And actually, the rather strange weather in, in April, which, which was a, a drought for the month, but incredibly cold nights. Remember, we, we were wrestling to keep the frost off in the vineyard, which is all yes. very exciting stuff. But now, as, as, as we thaw out now, that sort of ties into the idea that we leave hibernation, as we've been in the last 18 months, and come out into the world. And it's very exciting to be this coming weekend welcoming visit- visitors back to the castle for the first time for quite some time. I know we've got smaller tours in June, as we do every year, and then I do hope that the weather is glorious through July and August because it makes life so much easier, doesn't it? I think we all need hope and sunshine and being able to sit outside and with family and friends again and chat and catch up. So I, I do hope... God is very kind to us this year. <laughs> well, I know because we we like to, to to greet people and say hello, and of course because of the way the the whole COVID guidance works, that people have sometimes been a little bit milling around outside the, the door for a short time, and it's nice to say hello. But much better when the sun shines, <laughs> when, when there's a gale and and pouring rain. But actually, well, our our friends, guests, visitors are very tolerant of all sorts of conditions here. We, we probably have to definitely agree with that. Well, I was also thinking that what's rather charming is, of course, that Sally, in her um, ever opportunistic but very positive way, has opened the gift shop for the cast and crew, hasn't she, as Downton have been here. So we've got another little business going on. Well, that was great because we did, she, had, she had the, the things outside it and, and, and I said a little small sign about it. And soon we had a whole queue of people when they weren't on duty wanting to get things from the gift shop. So we've, we, we have a whole new group of, of sort of um, friends around us. Okay. You were taking well, away thing. souvenirs from the real Downton yes, Abbey. Well, from, why not have a souvenir from the real Downton Abbey when you're involved in the fictional Downton Abbey? But that's great. It's good fun, isn't it? It is quite fun, isn't it? And apart from that, it has been so lovely and it's kind of inspiring and hopeful to see so many of the familiar figures from the cast back. And you can just smile and see Leslie Nichols. I caught up with her and 
she plays Mrs. Patmore and Mrs. Hughes as is and some of these great characters to wave at them happily across the room. I don't know whether you've had a chance to catch up with many of them by the coffee machine, perhaps. Well, I know, obviously, now, now they're all going for, even nowadays, for the regular COVID test. But no, it's, it's, been, it's been fun to, to, to pass by and also meet quite a lot of the production people who we've seen from the, from the past and, and they're wondering about how they're going to get on, where they're going to put things and is the weather going to be good outside as well as in. And then all the wonderful old cars have been around as well again recently, which is so much part of the scenery, uh, mixing in with all the cast. You know, because you create a whole world with, 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 with Downton. I mean, the wonderful actors and actresses we know so well, but also all the, the props that are associated with the time. Anyway, yes. And, and they, are, they are so much about completing the whole imagination of the past, of this family and how they lived. And actually, it, it seems to have been incredibly busy and I the film world and the world of TV is now really picking up and they're trying to put so much production together given how much production has been already seen now over the last year as we've all been locked down so it has been exciting and I just wish them every success and from what I've seen of the film I think everybody will absolutely love it. No, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be a wild success and it'll be a, a great joy to everyone coming up to Christmas. And I think one of the things that has given you and I perhaps the greatest pleasure, Geordie, is all the work we've done in the gardens. You know, the new areas within the Rose Arbour and the little garden we're creating in memory of your mother as well. So it's been, that has been something which kind of has helped us kind of dig deep and keep on going. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yes, actually, actually even in, even in the, the April, where it's very dry, but but it was gloriously sunny in in, in the day, and it was great to see the, the the fruits of what often appears to be a, a mess when you put in a whole lot of new bulbs or shrubs or you design a new area, and you think, oh, is this ever going to come out in glorious colour? And amazingly, this year it's been pretty spectacular in places, and and we're beginning to see some real results all around our Wood of Goodwill, the Arboretum. The new lovely area which you have personally designed in memory of my beloved mother Jeannie Carnarvon which is really beginning to, to come on. Now. I know who's Jeannie's garden I think I'd like at some point to put a fountain a little fountain in there as well because I always think of her with the because obviously she lived by a lake at Milford so I thought that might be appropriate and it's very peaceful listening to water. I can't yet put in all the white rugosa roses because that's a better thing to do to plant in September but um, I have been I'm sort of pushing forwards with grass seeding so that's what I'm going to do before it gets any any warmer I don't mind if I do it by hand but even the so earlier funny. work of a few years ago in, in, in that area around the bank where, where we have a mixture of, of grasses wildflowers lots of different bulbs that, that have come up in rather what you might call a time-lapse photography way so you start with early daffodils and then you end up with the late daffodils bluebells and fritillaries the fritillaries have had a spectacular spring this year they've been absolutely um, amazing and then and then the wild cowslips the the most basic of primulas primula vulgaris they've been there in thousands and hundreds of thousands this year on our chalk landscape and nature has really dealt an incredible card of yellow color this year which has been spectacular and i hope we'll kind of remember how amazing nature and wildlife are and as we go forward i think we we have all been asked to if you like tread lightly in this beautiful world or we will not have enough of the world to pass on to those who come after us. And I think someone was, um, I was talking to someone about the cedar trees today and saying, you know, you and I were obviously planting them because we won't be here in 100 years, but we hope somebody 
might be looking at them in 100 years. And the person I was talking to said, oh, goodness me, it's a bit far ahead. But I said, look back over there. And that cedar tree was planted in 1770. Aren't we lucky? It's the least we can do. But it's both living in the day and thinking of the future, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, my, my ancestors had extraordinarily foresight and imagination to believe that their efforts in what well, I suppose in a way they, they were part of a whole idea of in a way taming the landscape and be, building beautiful things for the future but it was so small when they put it in and capability Brown's work and Robert Herbert's work have now between them and, and, and others who followed have turned High Clear into an astonishingly beautiful landscape in, in southern England something that's, that's amazing and really a treasure to be honest. And it's with layers of history isn't it because we, you and I have been going through my latest book, which has been something of a struggle, and it's such a huge joy, actually, to see it come back. Oh, great, this and afternoon, seeing the actual proof of it on, on, on paper of all those pages and, and your great words and the beautiful photographs, and now we have to do the final checking. I know, and also I'd forgotten to give you credit for some of the photographs. No, I, I didn't trouble. even feature as photographer at all. <laughs> and you open with the frontispiece, but it is, it's, you know, seasons are high clear, so I hope it grows from the ground in the past year but it also brings people inside because you know sitting eating drinking dining together it's that most basic of function which brings us all as human society together so i do hope it gives people much pleasure and i'm going to save and read through tomorrow morning when i feel slightly fresher and and less tired perhaps after a long day but that would be exciting as well George I am excited by it no it, it really it's, it's a, been a great project and I know that often there's frustrating moments in those projects and you think are you ever going to get the actual words you want out are you ever going to get enough of the photographs and will they work or not and finally this design has, has come together and we just have our last really detailed bit which it does require concentration just to check it over one more time yes it does <laughs> but anyway so moving on from the book we've also we've refurbished some of the rooms inside it's all the boring plumbing and bits and pieces of leaky roofs but we've also in this last lockdown period creating a rather lovely racing room actually which I think everyone was surprised that has turned out as well in my vision Geordie but everybody else had so many doubts you were doubting Thomas's all the way <laughs> well this, this is an, a, another room where, where by stripping away a, a ceiling put in, a in false my ceiling. a false ceiling put in my grandfather's time to, just to deal with issues we've come across the most extraordinary set of old beams and a beautiful area which he's done a fantastic job with and it does pay tribute to my father's love of the thoroughbred and my, and my grandfather's actually and, and both of their successes over time in, in racing and some great photos that go all the way back and in hopefully time. yours because what we thought was this was a lovely room to have me But also it could be a really nice room to offer special afternoon teas and for special birthdays where people had a little bit of exclusive and really interesting room in which to have it. So that was my thought. I've just got to, you've kindly bought me the last bookcase which I need and then we've nearly furnished it. It's amazing how you, how you can search around in magazines and on the web and suddenly you find a bit of furniture you've been looking for for months and months and it's there and can you make sure you can get it? <laughs> I know, and I have searched. I can normally search the castle and find most things which I like putting together, but you can't always find absolutely everything. So I'm now working with the framers to come up with a framing scheme, which I hope will then complete the room and be a, 
a really fun room for people to enjoy. So that's been quite a big part of this last few months, I think, as well, hasn't it? Well, and the other bit is that, is that horses don't, don't have to be given energy the same as us if they're athletes. And we have a, working on a new product and our oats and the horse feeds as well. So we've been doing that too. And I've, and I've videoed you photographing that, which has actually gone rather well on social media. It's all completely potty, really, isn't it? Yes, I never actually thought the idea that I, I would be sat there photographing new sacks of our Otilin oat alfalfa linseed mix, and, then, and, and there's my wife doing a video of me photographing the sacks for the for <laughs> But anyway, that, that's how that's how life is at Highclere, very varied all the time. And I went down to the vineyard um, to have a look down there after all the frost that we've had in April, Geordie, and the vines look as if they've most of them have made it through, which is pretty exciting. I think we managed, with our helpful consultants advice, we actually pruned uh, at the right time and got mm. them back down again. So they weren't f- flowering and over-susceptible to the, to the frost at the wrong moment. And we invested in another of our gas blowers for when it's minus two in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. And somehow, I think, between everything we've done, they just about survived. So we're looking to, to some first, first fruit for a small amount of, of actual grapes for, for turning into our glorious wines of the future, just maybe a little bit this, this September. Which will be magic. And then I have plans to, to um, um, on the south-facing wall of this beautiful vineyard um well it's a walled it was the walled garden and it was created in 1771 by T. brown there's a sign above one of the arched doorways to within that on one side to plant espaliered pear trees with roses up it in a small herbaceous border in front reflecting the herbs the roses and the pears which i think will make it a really beautiful place for people to explore geordie which should be really interesting yes i mean the the, the vision into the future is that, is that it'll eventually be will be producing with with it some um, pinot noir and chardonnay grapes some some wonderful english sparkling wine but on top of that it'll be a, a glorious destination in, in its own right for people to visit. I hope so. It's through the magic of the blue, old blue painted, slightly rain washed and um, sun faded door. It, I suppose, like the film The Secret Garden, which started off the first version was filmed here, but it's that sense of going into a very different world. And in this case, one which has been modernized and it has the same chalk downland as that of Champagne in France. And I hope it will give us all much pleasure. It certainly f- faces um, south southwest, which which is great on a on a slope. So we hope it'll it'll really work. And it's wonderful to find a, a use for these large Victorian wall garden areas. Of course, in their heyday, they they would have had many people there producing all the you know, the fruit and vegetables in quite an intensive way and flowers for, for the castle and the estate. Not so practical in, in nowadays the way we do that kind of thing now, but certainly possible. For, um, for vines, so, so we're quite excited with it as a project that's really going to take some next few years to really come to fruition. And it's interesting because you're doing so much on the farm as we sort of confront the world that is undoubtedly changing in terms of the farming and the landscape in order to, in our view, farm as well as we can to produce food as well as we can to eat as well as we can, whilst on the other hand giving wildlife and nature some space without all of us trampling across the nature and the wildlife. So I know that we've also producing bird seed now from some of the farm products and wild bird seed and chicken food, I think, chicken grains, aren't we, as well, and the horse feeds, and as well as the wheat and the grain which go off for bread and flour, etc. 
Yes, I mean, Highclere is a, is a beautiful landscape on the, on the North Wessex Chalk Downs. And quite a lot of our soils, you, ha- you, have, to be, you have to treat carefully. They, they, you can't sort of over-intensively plant them with crops every year, and you have to give them a rest. And, of course, we have our, our, our wonderful flock of sheep here as well. And lots of quite strong lambs, I've noticed, in the park and on the downs this year. So the lambing wasn't, wasn't too bad. It's gone re- relatively well. But, but we are, as we go on, careful about having quite a lot of margins with, with wildflowers and plants that wild birds like. And also growing crops like winter and spring beans that, that actually put nitrogen back in the soil and, and are being um, helpful in, in, that, in that sense. And just watching that we're, we're not really over-destroying the ground and just taking too much out of it. I think it's very important for long-term stewardship of the land and farming in this part of the UK that we are careful with, 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 how, with, how, we, um, with, with how we operate farming and that, that we can leave something for the future, really. It is, but equally well, there's, we do need to grow food because it doesn't make any sense to import food from thousands of miles away which then has a separate carbon footprint from either where it's grown or the transport to get to. So there is this interesting balance which is up for discussion and we are living in interesting times, perhaps. Was it like that? <laughs> yes, no, definitely. We, we, we continue to, to grow a, a million wheat for, for, for bread for our, um, our home market. And, of course, the oats is very much a, a crop for the performance horse here but actually oats are growing as a as a as a food for for people more more and more those that people don't want to have have any issues with them um, wheat and we've discovered a fantastic use for oats as well because it seems to be a uh, when you use it in the distilling process for our gin it smooths the taste so you get this 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 glorious gin taste but with a smooth finish on the edge which is why the gins won so many awards so the oats are feeding people horses and producing a glorious spirit and they're a very very old crop so it's a great use of them do you know, I found some records from, I think it was the 14th century, and I think you're growing oats in the same field as they did then, so I find that completely extraordinary. We're now just about at the end of May, which has been so incredibly wet, and sometimes it's felt more like November. But how has that really affected you on the farm, Geordie? Well, as ever in, in farm, you get one extreme and then, then the other. So by the time we came to the end of April, we were all getting kind of worried because we were really getting very low on, on water and the crops were feeling a bit sad. The grass um, for the sheep was just, just really not there and it was absolutely bone, bone dry and it was troubling even in the gardens. But that's all turned around in, totally in reverse and we've nearly had too much <laughs> water now because we're getting mud all over the place and it's one sliding about with, with all our friends here now from the downton crew with all their trucks and everything having to help on the outskirts of the logistics and where everything goes the mud has become a real pain in the last week <laughs> yes no it has we're back to track mans. so here we are at the start of the spring or well, the end of spring as we're looking towards summer geordie and we've got the summer stretching ahead of us with some visitors coming and the completion of the Danton film, which has a, a, a little bit yet to run, and then moving towards the autumn. And we've, we have got quite an exciting event called Magic of the Movies, which before we knew there was going to be another film, we'd actually created this event in 2020. We cancelled it then, clearly, and moved it forward to this year. Not huge numbers of people, but quite a fun event. So I hope people will come. And we've got a little script that I've written. You can be in it if you like. If you like. 
<laughs> well, we all, we've, we've got to get the right costumes to be in the mood. Well, I hope that will give people much pleasure and then a, a short history festival looking forwards before we run through to Christmas, which is going to be entirely different from last year because given our last year's Christmas was on television, we are now going all out to create something completely different to wow people and welcome them, but I think in small numbers, Geordie. Even though we're getting on top of this terrible virus with the vaccines, we've still got to be careful. So we're going to keep people you know, reasonably apart, which I think is safe for everyone, and that everyone has an enjoyable and safe time. If there was one thing you'd like to happen in the coming summer, <laughs> what would that be? I want everyone to have a fantastic time when they come and visit Highclere, and I want my horse to run fast. <laughs> Exactly. So it'd be really nice to have some winners, mainly at 66 to 1. But that happened once last year. That's unlikely, but you never know. When Bella Notte won, when we went to watch her at Salisbury, she won at 66 to 1. And I'm the last of the great gamblers, so I think I'd put £2 each way on, and you'd put a bit more on. But not everybody here put the money on. James um, Hunter, on the estate side, he put £10 each way on. He was so happy. Yes, there were those that were delighted, <laughs> and those that were rather cross that we hadn't sent an email around telling everyone in advance but I'm always a bit worried about that because most of the times in racing it goes the other way <laughs> but anyway Bella Notte is in training with Richard Hannon who's a who feeds his horses our oats so without doubt I hope his horses won really fast this year which they he's a huge successful trainer so I'm very grateful for his support and I, I hope they fuel his horses to ever greater performance, including Bella Notte. <laughs> oh, good luck to her. She should be running quite soon, so let, let, let's pray she has a success. Absolutely. Geordie, thank you so much for being my guest today and perhaps we can reconvene towards Christmas together. Absolutely, we, we must. Christmas Christmas will be wonderful at Highclere this year. It'll be oh, fantastic. Well. I hope you're enjoying my podcast as much as I'm enjoying making them. Do let your friends and family know about them. Subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Thank you.